Hey, Sandy and Yannick. Hey. Hello. Have you guys heard of this new fangled thing called Discord? Discord? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, it's just like an internet telephone. Wait, the buttons on it or the one that, you know. It's called Yeah, Discord. the numpads, right? Oh, it'll make you numb. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for this one. I'll tell you, Discord is actually a place where you can chat with us. Yeah, that's right. The hosts of Pixels Weekly. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. But I have a question. Is it going to work on my smartphone? You better believe it, sister. You can do that through the app. Just go to pixelsweekly.com and click on the join link right on the homepage, and you can be chatting with us today. We'll see you there. Yay! July 23rd, 2017. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy. And I'm Yannick. And this is Pixels Weekly. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Don't you feel in a better mood after the Game of Thrones episode? I haven't seen it yet. You guys are one to have watched it. I didn't watch it. I don't watch Game of Thrones. (laughs) You don't care. Yeah, no. I was like hanging out with my mom. Okay. And playing with their dog. <laughs> Sandy, you said your mom recently has been going down to something of a, a geek hole, if that makes any sense. Yeah, so my mom um, has always been really into, like, action, fantasy, science fiction. Mm-hmm. So she also likes to watch, like, really obscure things. She was watching on Netflix this show called Ice Fire, which is Chinese elves and... Does Netflix it? It's really crazy. It's really weird sounding, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's great, though. It's terrible, but it's great. So we're planning a trip to go to Universal Studios next month because we want to go to um, Islands of Adventure to go do the whole Harry Potter thing. Okay. And she hands me her iPad, and she's looking at Doctor Who stuff. And I love like, it. Dresses, mugs, shirts, like just a whole bunch of Doctor Who and I'm like, are you watching Doctor Who? She's like, I love it. It's the greatest thing. She's like, I, I love it. I can't wait. All right. I love it. And I'm like, all right, cool. That puts <laughs> her uh, That puts her in good company. We have a friend, uh, a mutual friend between all of us, uh, Dan Johnson, who hosts the old Doctor Who show, which is another lovely podcast that... Uh, is is really interesting because they're they're not reviewing the latest Doctor Who stuff. They've gone back to the 1960s and 70s stuff, and they are reviewing campy old sci-fi at its oldest and campiest. So Doctor Who has a, a long history, and now there's, like we said last week, there's a girl doctor, so even more reason for her to be excited. Yeah, my mom just, like, loves all that nerdy stuff, and I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm like, whatever works for you. And it also <laughs> made me realize why whenever I'm obsessive about something, I need to, like, buy something. It's because of my mom. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, mom. So what you're saying is she has a massive toy collection? She's got a mug collection, and oh. she likes collecting trinkets. Oh, so, so it's just a weird collection affectation in your family. Yeah, we, we're hoarders. <laughs> we have a problem. Well, despite what you've heard so far, we 
our weekly video games podcast. We're Pixels Weekly, and today on the show, we're going to be talking about a lot of impressions of Splatoon 2. We're going to be dipping a little bit into talking about Necromancer in Diablo 3, and of course, the Destiny 2 beta happened, and I think Yannick and I have both uh, put some time into that. So let's, uh, let's start off. Who wants to start? I want to start because this story is going to make me angry, and I feel like I should get it out first. Okay. And then, cool. and, and then cool down by the end of the show, maybe. Right. And just kind of like <laughs> calm, mm-hmm. calm it down. So Splatoon came out on Friday. Super excited for it. Yeah. Uh, I get a, a message from Aria asking me to go, if I'm since I'm in the city, can I swing by the Nintendo store and uh, pick up the Splatoon 2 Amiibos? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm here. No problem. Uh, with a couple of friends of mine... From work, we went to, instead we went to the Best Buy on 14th Street. And by that Best Buy, there's a GameStop. Oh, I'm like, okay. all right, let's, let's top into GameStop and see if they have these Amiibos. So I walk in and I ask the guy, do you have the new Splatoon 2 Amiibos? He's like, no, we only got three in and they're like, sold. they were for pre-order, so they're gone. They're sold out. Mm. Sure, no problem. Hmm. I, I go to my friends and I'm like... I'll just swing by the Nintendo store, and it's it's not a big deal. At which the employee feels he needs to interject and go, well, it's, like, really crazy over there, and they all came here, so Ugh. you should have, pre- like, pre-ordered it. And I'm like, that's when I lose it. And I'm like, last time I pre-ordered something, you guys couldn't deliver. And he's like, well, it's launch. If you really wanted it, you should have pre-ordered it. And sometimes we get busy. And I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, this is not good customer service. I'm like, learn how to talk to someone before you come at them. And apparently you don't want my money. So I'm going to leave and go somewhere else where they do want my money. And I stormed off really pissed. GameStop has been, for Amiibo pre-orders, some of the worst customer service ever. I... Would have had a more complete Smash Brothers Amiibo collection had they not decided to delay and then literally never ship uh, the uh, King DDD Amiibo that I ordered, and so now I still do not have King DDD. Thank you. Don't they GameStop. wait? But don't they don't they have this merch with the Thing Geek, and Thing Geek is more about gadgets and toys and stuff. Yeah, but it's still like a game. It's still, um, still a mess, right? Yeah, and it's it's not even like. There's a Think Geek on 34th Street, and when I shop at Think Geek, I've always had pleasant experience. Okay. When I shop at GameStop, it's always terrible. And I pre-ordered the USA McCree, which is the same price point as the Amiibos, and they couldn't deliver on that. So I'm like, how can I expect you guys to deliver on these Amiibos? One. Two, yeah. Nintendo yeah. always tweets when they're sold out of something, and they didn't tweet that they're sold out. So he's also lying. Three. The closest GameStop to the Nintendo store is 34th Street, not 14th. So I'm like, come on. Who are you trying to fool? Yeah, I just it just here to smells like money. bullshit, doesn't it? I'm it just so smells anxious like right now. You guys just got me anxious at the beginning of the show. I don't like this start. <laughs> but I, the only, my only experience with GameStop was uh, relatively brief, but has a lot of expectations uh, on my side. And I pre- it's when I pre-ordered, I think it was in... Um, what are we right now? July? I think it was in April that I went and rushed at lunchtime uh, when Destiny 2 was announced. I went to 15 minutes after the Destiny 2 announcement, uh, official announcement, I went to GameStop uh, to also get a special figurine that I got 
but I pre-ordered Destiny 2 on PC, which then yeah. was kind of scheduled at the same time than console, which was September 8th. And uh, now it's October 24th. Uh, I'm still expecting my pre-order to come on time. It's the big, big, you know, the biggest limited edition with the backpack and everything. Yeah, yeah, Two yeah. $250 worth. Um, and uh, take my money, I said, when I gave my credit card. And uh, I'm just super anxious because the only, you know, the only bad experience I had over there was... The smell, and I feel like people complain about more things than the smell. <laughs> and I'm yeah. and I'm just anticipating something going wrong when I show up at midnight, or if they have a midnight opening or whatnot, that they will just say that they're sold out or that they didn't have my order on time or whatever. You know, I think you'll be safe with something like Destiny Two. It's it, as we'll talk about uh, in a second on the show. There's something special about trying to pre-order anything and uh, acquire Nintendo stuff. Um, through okay. any it's Nintendo company. only. Okay. Uh, well, I won't say Nintendo only because I have had, but like Amiibo fever, like the people that care right. about Amiibo are very feverish about them, if that makes any sense. And yeah, uh, Amiibos and like pops and things. And they were, we got the, I got the Amiibos. We ordered them online on Amazon and had them delivered next day. So yeah. I'm like, if you had just been nice about the situation, I probably would have still spent money at that store. But when you were like, well, we get busy sometimes, so we can't call everyone that pre-orders. So why have a stupid 48-hour uh, pre-order policy? Like, if you don't pick it up within 48 hours, we release it. That's dumb. <laughs> and, like, two, don't tell me how I should spend my money. Yeah. That's not how you get my money. It's true. Yeah, most of them are really trained just on dealing with inventory, not dealing with the people that they sell them to. Worst. It's the worst. Take GameStop. Well, don't. Yeah, I've I've heard that so many times, and it make me feel bad because I'm I'm also feeling bad about um, people buying online all the time, and I'm part of the problem. But but those 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 franchises certainly don't sell solve it. Um, yeah. Because why? Because I why would I run to a store with mean people? Um, where it could be totally the opposite. It could be someone, another gamer that you share an experience with, and it could be totally like the best, like the best purchase experience, purchasing experience. And uh, instead, I mean, might as well just stay home and uh, deliver sushi, uh, order sushi, and order your game and and play and play right away than going to a store with this kind of experience. Exactly. I mean, and that's that's just it. Like GameStop is. Trying to figure out, like, oh, we're bleeding numbers. What do we do about downloadable games? Oh, we let's try and sell more physical and set. Why don't you just make GameStop a place that we like going? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, that's a number one. Like, the way Starbucks figured out that to be a successful coffee shop, make it a place that people like coming and using the free Wi-Fi and stuff. Like, I don't see any GameStops with a ton of gaming stations set up and a great place to come for tournaments and community building and meetups. Um, they, to me, they're missing the whole point of what they are, which is a video game store. And it's, it's a yeah. shame. That's one thing I never understood. And that's not just isolated to GameStop. We should stop the rant right now, <laughs> but yeah. the, the, the GameStop bashing, but it's, it, I don't, I mean, maybe you have a franchise in the U.S. that specializes into doing this, but even in France, I was always disappointed with the amount of uh, gaming stations or demonstration stations that that um, that they have in store. 
it's something that was always lacking. There was maybe only an Xbox or a PS4 with FIFA in France, with like FIFA would run like for six months on it. Um, yeah. But not like, you know, I feel like that's something that's part of the experience is to purchase a game after trying it in the store, maybe, you know? Right. Uh, and right, listeners, right. this is our idea. We're going to open up a store <laughs> TM, like TM. this. TM, TM, uh, TM, TM. So shut up, shut up. Copyrighted. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't jack our idea. Okay, thanks. And if you do, uh, yeah, get us in on it. <laughs> get us in on it. We'll come and host your gaming nights for sure. Um, great on the mic. So uh, in that same vein, I would be remiss if we didn't slide right into the thing that infuriated me this past week, which is Super Nintendo Classic just went on sale for the pocket of like 15 minutes on a friday night at like midnight <laughs> at like midnight on that uh and for me it was like 9 p.m or whatever but it was also the night that like splatoon came out it's nintendo release days on fridays so it was just this thing of like i want to be playing splatoon and i was playing plus splatoon and by Playing Nintendo's video game, I missed out on getting a Nintendo thing. And this is... I just... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting upset. Too. There's going to be a lot of angst in today's show, especially about Nintendo. Um, that love-hate feeling is back in a big way. And what I was going to say is that this is a red flag to me that we're in for another NES Classic nightmare. Which is not people who really want these things not being able to get them because there are bots and scalpers that are way more interested in acquiring this stuff and way more technically capable of acquiring it. So the people who just honestly want to buy and own the thing and enjoy it are going to miss out completely. Yep. I mean, if, I mean, on a Friday night, I love the tweets that come at like 6.20 on a Saturday morning and like, um, <laughs> because of course, no, what was it? The best one that I went, I went to bed early and missed the, the Super Nintendo, uh, classic pre-orders. I will never go to sleep again. Yeah. I saw <laughs> that one. Uh, I got a text message from, uh, one of our friends at work, Aaron. I'm going to tell you exactly when he tweeted me, he did tweeted, he texted me at 11:52, and I was out cause I had to get up early for a dentist appointment, which is TMI. And he's like, SNES Classic pre-order. He links it. He's like, it's happening now. I wake up the next day at 8.30. And I'm like, damn, I fell asleep. And he's like, don't worry. Here, be prepared for next time. And I'm like, I'm so sad. I could, it could have been mine. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I think I'm never going to sell any console of mine ever. Because looking at the, how they like remaster and re-release them, um, <laughs> you, anybody should have kept their Super Nintendo in the first place. Well, it's um, true, though. If you did keep your Super <laughs> Nintendo, you have no way of hooking it up to an HDTV. Well, that's also true. <laughs> so, oh, God. Uh, all right. Let's I mean, get off this subject. Yannick, Let's save get off us. The thing that hurts. Hey, I want to talk about probably the only book I've read in the last five years, and it's getting a um, a movie version directed by Steven Spielberg, and the um, San Diego Comic Con started... 
uh, this weekend. I'm not ex entirely sure about the starting date, but mm -hmm. um, Steven Spielberg Wednesday. came came on stage at the San Diego Comic Con, and that didn't happen since 2011. And he talked about his new film uh, from uh, the book from Ernest Klein, Ready Player One. And I know it's a book that a lot of gamers have uh, read and are and probably want to read or probably maybe reading for some of our listeners. Uh, this book was personally uh, recommended by to me by Vishal, who is like a good colleague slash friend slash destiny guardian feller. Um, and um, and I really, really enjoyed this book. I, I read it in like no time considering that I'm a really bad reader. I mean, I I. I read, but it's like I'm very slow at it. And Me I too. Just, I yeah, have a hard time focusing on a long period of time on the book. I feel like <laughs> I'm fact, wasting uh, time. You know? I don't know it's... about you, but when a video game makes me read a bunch, my interest level just plummets. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. <laughs> You're like, just just say it to me, please. Just say it. It's it's you know, but it's like the. Um, the, the the this movie the this movie this book was really like caught me and and you know it it's telling the story of a, a boy that lives in a futuristic world and where um the majority of the days of the people living on this planet is spent on an MMORPG called Oasis and um and the plot starts with the game creator dying and leaving a note leaving a letter um where he said that he left a treasure of wealth in the game and um figuring out the clues that he left on the way you would be able to you know get this get this treasure which is like win a tremendous amount of money and uh, of course, complication that happened along the way. And this movie adaptation will be star T.J. Miller, Ben Mendelsohn, Simon Pegg, and Mark Rylance, and it will release on March 30th, 2018. And it's probably one of the first movie from a book that I'm really anticipating uh, that much. Just watching the trailer was like, oh yes, and then. Cool. Of course, there's always this part of you when you read a book that imagine things and you're like, oh, this is exactly how I pictured him living. Yeah. Or this this was not how an enemy looked like. And yeah. so you're like, oh, I'm going to compare with what I had in my head. And um, if you're like a big D&D &D nerd, Dungeons and Dragons. Me? Oh, if you. No, no, I mean, just in general, like you'll yeah. kind of you'll take to this also because it's they do talk a lot about Dungeons and Dragons and kind of how that inspired so much. And we should do a D and D thing. Just saying. Oh man, <laughs> don't even get me started. That'd be great. I feel like I need to be taught about D and D before I die, though. Like that's something that we need to figure out. That's okay. I mean, we all have to figure it out together, right? I mean, I, I'm yeah. not entirely sure how to play D and D, but you know, I think I think we're we got those video game chops. We'd be able to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> but to get back to 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 books and video games, have you guys ever like? got caught like really enjoyed a book because of your video game references or like your video game passion is there anything like that happened to you there is uh, a book by john shirley that is the the story of rapture i think it's called rapture oh cool it's a bioshock book and it's i've read that book three times already mm -hmm. on my kindle i love it it's so good. Nice. I love Everyone how people like, yeah, I love how people like fan, like, like craving for video games. When they find a book that they really enjoy, they'll read it three times, you know, like in two languages and like, <laughs> in two languages. you know, learn, 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 th learn the third languages language with the, with, with this book. Yeah. 
that was it for me. A small piece of news. And if you haven't, go read this book. You can probably find it on Amazon for really cheap. I did, so you probably can. Good. Do it. Read it. Sandy, what else do we have? I think it's time to talk about painting. Street art. Oh, don't wait. Did you? Did you have? Oh, oh, I think it is Uh, time. No, I do. I do have. I didn't add it to the list. Sorry, guys. But this is exciting news for the International 7, and this is for all my StarCraft uh, esports nerds. Sean Day 9 is going to be hosting the International 7. Breaker of Chains. <laughs> Mother of Dragons. <laughs> okay. What, is, what does that mean? So it's actually a huge thing because for the longest time, uh, TI has been hosted by this guy named Red Eye, and Day 9 has been really big in the Blizzard uh, StarCraft scene. But recently, he's taken to learning how to play Dota, and he's got a whole series on it. And the fact that he's hosting this is huge because he's been pretty instrumental in uh, esports being a thing in general. So I am really excited about this. I like him. He's a really likable guy. His brother is a, a commentator in Korea. So the Plot brothers have been really instrumental in the whole esports scene. And I just I just really like Day9 and I love his stories. So I'm excited to see what happens during so the Day9. So what's the story of Day9? Was he like a player when he was young and now he's like a production master of like throwing events and stuff? He was a really um, huge player during Brood War, okay. and okay. right now he's a really popular streamer on Twitch. Gotcha. So and just, he okay. also commentates for WCS, which is the Blizzard like World Championship Series. Community community leader. Mm-hmm. And so, so technically, you think that's gonna bring StarCraft esports fans to Dota fan to become Dota fans and Dota like aficionados. No, I think what it does, it injects uh, a different quality. Like, he's kind of grown up with the industry, and he's seen it from its infancy to what it is now, and he's just going from one game to the other. And he's literally learning the game mechanics, how to play it, why people love the game, and just the fact that he's so big in one scene and kind of growing into the other one just means he can kind of like transcend games. Okay. It's exciting. I think it's going to be good. Mm, I'm interested. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like being able to comment an FPS is definitely different than being able to comment uh, like a, a, a MOBA kind of game. Yeah, totally. He's, he's also pace. done the PC gaming show during E3. Right. Okay. The guys know the guy knows his shit. It's yeah, no for slouch him. for sure. Yes, yeah. and he's also a giant. I met him in person, and he's really nice. I've he's also a, com- a giant. I've always yeah. wanted to be a commentator. I was like, when you I mean was a young, shoutcaster. Would... Yeah, a shoutcaster. So would what be they like call themselves a shoutcaster, but I would not shout. No, I would shout. I would really shout when I would play uh, against my buddy when I was young and playing FIFA. I would like be a shoutcaster of. Of the um, of 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 our games, and uh, it would be very unfair to my friend because obviously I would you know be very obnoxious and obviously it'd be very subjective to my side, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and he would always be just like the most amazing 
shoutcasting when I would go for a comeback when he would be leading like 2-0 and I would do a comeback like the the house would be the house would be on fire and I've always always been like if I'm not good enough at video games I want to try to be a commentator um, yeah because you, cause you really... have a passion for it and obviously we you get excited the same way we all get excited about things and yeah I, I, I totally get what you mean you want to like share it you you literally want to shout it right yeah, you want to shout it. You want to you want to share the you know you want to spread the knowledge. I don't know. I've always found myself, and at some point after after doing it, when I was ten, I, I found myself being pretty fluent and pretty being pretty good at it. Um, but now, as you can see with my English, sometimes like English goes in the way, and I'm not always the best uh, at 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 saying words and at putting them in in order. But dude, um, I grew up with English, and I can barely speak. <laughs> yeah. No, you're doing a fantastic job. I want people to. I want people. <laughs> I know we still have the. I like that. Uh, so we we, want, we put our ads here and there uh, for the Discord, but I want people to go on the Discord and tell you how good you are as a. Oh. As a host. Yeah. Maybe. Actually, hey, you know what we did do? Um, we set up a because we'll get into this a little bit later. We set up a Nintendo Switch voice room uh, in our Discord. Which uh, has a, I think, a twenty-four user limit. I didn't want to get too unruly in there, but uh, yeah, that's a great, much easier way for Nintendo voice chat to work with you <laughs> and friends uh, than the Nintendo app, which is We're trying to um, help out. Basically, a disaster, in, in my opinion. But let's talk about something a little bit different. Um, I want to talk to you guys about, I mentioned it a few weeks ago on the show, but Next Machina. It's a show, it's a, it's a show, it's a video game by Housemark, and these are the people that make uh, Rezogun, and I think they make uh, Alien Nation and Dead Nation as well, but they they basically are a twin-stick shooter house. Um, they make really fast-paced arcade games. In fact, they have another, I think it's called Matterfall that either just came out or is coming out soon. And these people, ooh, they know how to make a video game. And what I mean by that is it is a quick, fast-paced, futuristic, uh, twin-stick shooter. This is a collaboration between Housemark and Eugene Jarvis. Uh, if you guys don't know who Eugene Jarvis is, he is the creator of Smash TV, among other things, uh, which was a great classic game that you could play in arcades and stuff, and I think it came to Sega and Super Nintendo, but uh, it is a frantic game where, like, there's crazy, pounding techno music, and just like in Rezogun for PlayStation 4, it's on PlayStation 4 and PC, um, and you have to quote-unquote save humans uh which just involves like you'll you'll go into a little room if you will and then there'll be like three humans that appear and you're gonna collect them but you also have to be dodging and killing enemies at the same time and picking up power-ups and it feels super super good and smooth and then the second that you kill all the enemies in one phase you like launch almost Almost like Splatoon style. You just kind of launch from one pad and then the entire world rotates as if it's on a giant cube or something. And suddenly you like fly around the corner of the cube and then you're on like the new level and then you're killing all the things there and the humans are all in different spots. And every single world introduces new kinds of bad guys and it... It, the feeling getting powered up feels really great and then there are awesome 
throwback classic bosses like giant robot skull uh <laughs> you know and uh there's like a great top-down shooter sort of boss that is throwing giant rocks down at you and you're trying to manage that the whole game is heart pounding from start to finish it's a score chasing game you can beat the whole thing in you know an hour but i didn't spend a lot of time talking about it yet on the show and i just want to say i'm playing a lot of it house mark you've done it again another really really great game it just changed from the from the full of story kind of thing it's just like come and see light and fire and shoot unlimited bullets uh, yeah if you can like look up just next machina gameplay as i talk about it uh and you will definitely get a quick sense uh of how fast and crazy it feels and they they do that effect that they stole from their last resogun game where everything explodes into like 3d pixels voxels like cubes everywhere um and it just looks super good for what it is i mean it's just you know what i mean it's got so much style uh, yeah it looks very like colorful very different so uh one of the other reasons why i want to talk about this is uh i am a fan of the cartoon rick and morty do you guys yep. watch the show <laughs> no Okay. It's such a weird show. I mean, I I like the one with the dog. dog. <laughs> okay. Um, so <laughs> Rick and Morty, uh, they have at one, in one episode they have this ridiculous uh, song that they invent called "Get Swifty," uh, which I, I put in the Discord, and I know Yannick, you you checked it out, but um, mm-hmm. I found a YouTube link that just played "Get Swifty" for ten hours straight. <laughs> And I turned down the music in this game, even though the music in this game is very, very good. I was like, I want to experience this. And I just turned off the music and Get Swifty played while I played this game. And man, oh man, was that super fun. I'll go from level to level and it's just like, oh yeah, we're going to get Swifty <laughs> in here. Um, Very, very good idea. So if anybody has time set up a 10 hour looping youtube video and put that in the background of your game have you had the chance to play the local co-op on next mac you know no oh my god i would love to i would love to that, that feels like really another fun. another experience uh similar to hell divers that we had to experience together oh is there friendly fire can you hurt your friend i'm not sure but it's that you know top view that oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that feels like you know cover angles and stuff together and uh, although Helldiver was a little bit more tactical, I would say. Yeah, Helldivers is a great game. We should go back to that at some point. Oh yeah, I'm maybe sure maybe they fix some stuff. Remember when we couldn't jump into the worlds? We were just stuck in that space station thing. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, that's that's an example of that just felt broken. So hopefully, they didn't <laughs> <finish it out. laughs> it didn't feel right. <laughs> didn't feel right, even if it was intentional. Um, cool. So uh, yeah. let's talk about something cooler. Yeah, well, I don't know if we can do cooler than that, man. Okay. Light, well, like let's talk about something effects. that's also cool. Lights. Um, I want to do. Do you mind, Sandy, if I if I start rambling about Destiny Two? I know you haven't had the chance to 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 play it. Um, I haven't played it yet. I, everyone's saying Destiny Two is a lot like Destiny, which yeah. I'm like, well, duh. I mean, it's in the name. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, when people make that observation, I'm like, good, good. Like, isn't it supposed to be? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I feel like the more uh, the, you know, the more the deadline, um, the more the the release date is gonna approach, the more the more doubts we're gonna have about uh, what Bungie is capable of delivering. Um, I'm still excited for this game, so I do want to hear because I do want to play this and I want to play it on on you do, PC. We all want it to be really good. You know what I mean? Like everybody yeah. in the video game community is just like, huh, there is something there that if it's good, it could be really something that everybody can enjoy. Um, and uh, and I was just thinking today, I just had a thought for Luke Smith, the creative director, on my own in the kitchen after going back from my uh, Pennsylvania weekend getaway. I had my head clear and I was like, huh, it must be tough for Luke Smith and all the people in Destiny because if this one fails, what are they going to do? You know, like there have been people I've been following the news of for like two, four years of stuff. And they pretty much got themselves in a dead end here. If Destiny 2 doesn't work, what's going to happen? Um, do you, do you think that like... that's a real chance? I feel like it has I'm failed. Just like I was, you know, I just had a very, um, very like uh, self uh, like doubt. You like just riddled with doubt. Self self doubt about the video game community and the video game business. That it, you know, there are so many people struggling out there. Those guys, you know, as much as you can say whatever you want in, about Destiny One, those guys were in the, in the spotlight. You know, the, their work was followed and the business was doing good for them. Yeah. Um, and uh, still is. I mean, I'm sure the Destiny 2 pre-orders are really great. Um, but the, you know, I'm just like, you know, what if what if this is a total, a total, um, a, a, a total failure? Like what's what's happening to them? I think like critically or I think critically maybe, but not financially. Right. Right. No, you're I, right. But to, to get back into I mean, go ahead. Right. And oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I was making this observation the other day, um, and I can't wait to hear about what you thought of the beta, um, but I I almost feel like Destiny 2 is a, even, it's it's got a magic shield around it that's even going to block it from negative reviews, because I think that there are a ton of, and I, I, could, I could be totally off about this, but it would seem to me being on the outside, that the sentiment is there are so many, you know, game editors that feel like they gave Destiny a six or a seven and that they kind of missed the point of yeah. the game because it became such a huge, huge, huge thing. Mm-hmm. And in fear of kind of missing the point again, that they're going to shower it with praise. Um, because I, I think... I think the Destiny community is such that, like, like any hardcore community that really loves their game is going to eviscerate anybody that gives this game a bad score. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way, some people eviscerated people for giving Zelda a bad score. Um, so I just feel like between editors worried that they're wrong um, and the community being a little hostile about this, I just... I. I can't see a scenario where Destiny 2 does not get nines and tens. Yeah, that's true. Well, so let's dive right in. I have um, I have mixed feelings about this, um, and I've talked about it with a few people um, around me, uh, people that have been long Destiny fans and people that have just been always curious about it but never really picked it up and jumped into the beta. Um, well, first of all, the whoever plays Destiny 1, it, it feels the same, which that's a positive thing for me. 
uh, let's get it out of the way. Mm -hmm. uh, the only the only really thing that people are unanimous about was that the gameplay of Destiny was always really fun. Um, and whether or not they keep the same mechanics or change some stuff in the, in in I want to say the meta or like the the kind of weapons that you use, uh, all of them still feel unique. But yeah, the gameplay is here. The dynamic, um, you know. Playing PvP still feels very snappy. Um, it it feels really good when you kill a, a, in PVE when you kill an, an alien. It really you know their heads still pop off beautifully. Yeah, um, it still, <laughs> their it heads still, still pop off pops off beautifully. beautifully. Pops off beautifully. <laughs> you know, it still it still feels really good. It still feels relaxing to play against people and to play against um, against uh, the the computer against the AI and um, and that that I'm happy that they keep and. Unfortunately, because of the amount of content that they are giving us, which is one story mission, one strike, and two competitive, two um, PvP modes, uh, very different from each other. Um, one that is new, uh, the other one that is control, which has always been here since the um, since the start of Destiny One. Um, it just feels to me that they have. Um, it it just feels to me like a, a Destiny One point five for now. Yeah. The only thing that I, the only thing that I would like to to outline is really just the fact that you know the story mission and the strike take you through a lot more places in one strike and in one mission uh, tells you way more there is way more like action there's way more stuff falling apart it's it's way more chaotic than just like come drop off here and just secure this zone or just you know just yeah. go scan this object it's just it's way more chaotic and that just makes me feel hopeful for what the story is gonna so for for the amount of um, ups and downs that you can expect from a storyline uh, you know could be equivalent to a science fiction novel um, and and uh, there's a great potential in the story and that's something that destiny one was not able to deliver at all and um, and and just you know looking at the first mission it was like there was a lot going on and and it's all it all feels you know you get the feels when you've been in a tower and you see everything destroyed but if you're new you're just like blown away by the, by all the the fire effects and the, and 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 this bad evil enemy that you encounter right away yeah. um you know and the strike for me was really fun i was really uh, really uh interested there was some mechanics that were um familiar to me but they were not used in this way they were used in a different way and uh and it was really fun to uh to experience this strike the, the strike is i feel like is going to be a trying to innovate in terms of gameplay you have to go through there's going to be way more jumping puzzle into those strikes um and uh and and way more stuff than just combat and yeah overall that's pretty much the only thing i can say um positively negatively uh, i have a hard time with the 30 fps man uh the game is beautiful but if i have a hard time with the 30 fps so yeah you've I mean, been playing me, a lot of pc games lately yeah and for me i mean it's you know i feel it now and i and i feel like it's just a shame and it's gonna solve it by itself for me. I'm gonna play it on PS4 and certainly switch to PC, um, mostly because of that, but also because of the you know mass and keyboard gameplay that I've been enjoying so far. And um, the other thing is just like some some you know they will need some tweaking. Uh, it's a beta, so you know I don't want to put too much emphasis on that. But sometimes at the end of a PvP game, I would barely find myself use a super which is the ability that you charge by just running around and you charge it more by killing people, you charge it more by capturing uh, objectives. And, um, and sometimes the games were either, either I would sweep the other team or either I would get destroyed, I wouldn't even get a chance to use a super once. 
um, which which compared to the other game, you could, you were able to use one, two, or even three times if you were doing really good. And the supers are what makes this PvP experience really unique, and 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 when you can, you know, make things turn around. But um, you know, that that's it for me. What did you think, Ryan? You know, I I'm gonna echo a lot of what you said. I the opening mission was I thought fan just fantastic like right. it suddenly destiny felt th- through the the way they expressed it in the first mission it almost felt like a call of duty mission you're right with all the crazy chaos and things falling apart that was on screen all the the cinematics there it um it immediately introduced a bad guy right it so it took away everything from the last game it was like all right the tower's gone all those people are gone like it's basically you're you're in a besieged tower at the beginning of the game it did not ever feel like the game asked me to do the thing that destiny one did i mean mean, i'm coming from only playing year one destiny stuff really and just a tiny tiny bit of taking kang story Mm -hmm. um it did something that destiny one never did with its year one missions which is like uh usually i would be on a mission and you'd be like okay scan this thing now, while the scan is happening, wait for guys to come at you. It never did that. It was always keep pushing forward. There's more to see. There's more to do. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, which I thought was really smart. And it, and this is all stuff that like I don't even want to necessarily give a verdict on because that could just be a really kick-ass intro mission and then the rest of the game isn't like that yeah that's Uh, what i had in my head too i was like well either we can take it both ways either it's the first one and there's more to come that's just the beginning (laughs) that's just like an intro to what you're gonna what you're gonna experience right it's Um, like that skepticism they didn't solve the skepticism problem which is like okay all you did was prove to me you can put together a really kick-ass first person shooter mission which you made halo i believe that you can do that you you can do that um yeah i i played the strike as well i really enjoyed the platforming stuff i like there's kind of a boss fight where you keep falling uh lower 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 um but it also felt like the boss fight i there were some pillars and stuff on the battlefield and i felt like i had an advantage by kind of using those both as cover and and using the warlock ability to kind of like get on top of a pillar and then fire off the super and well there was one thing that they did they tricked uh with the with the subclass with the classes competencies you know how you have recovery and recovery is your ability of recovering health and uh you take damage in destiny it's all a matter of like you know uh juggling between cover and jumping and using your abilities and, yeah. and kind of like dodging bullets and stuff like that, that but a sense. lot of people have complained and noticed that the game is really fast paced pve or pvp the game is really fast paced uh, almost more action packed than the there's more enemies to kill like i noticed in the during the fights there is more uh, enemies per pack per phase um whether it's in the story mission or in the strike but the 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 the, the recovery time is a bit too long and that's a lot of yeah. people have noticed that you have fast paced and then you have your health really low and you know you have to cover but you have to cover for a really long time to wait your health bar to recover to You're 100% right. and jump back in. It and feels it's like, inappropriate. Like a, it feels chilling on the action. You're kind of like, this is so frenetic. This is so crazy. And then you're like, and now I'm just staring at a, essentially a brick wall uh, for like 
20 seconds you know and a lot of people said that it and and in pvp it made it feel like you have to work as a team because a 1v2 situation is almost impossible to to play you know to play with with just simple simple primary weapons um because you might get away with killing the first guy but your recovery time is so slow that you know the second guy can can come chill around the corner very slowly and still get you at low health and yeah. um and there's just you know there's just a little bit of unbalancing i'm sure they're gonna fix it um and if they don't i'm sure they're gonna fix it in the first weeks of the game uh but the recovery yeah I mean, it feels a little bit frustrating also i mean worth noticing maybe this will change we're technically we're just playing this game at level 20 i don't know what's going to be the max level but technically we're not supposed to be those super yeah i was gonna say that's so weird yet. that way they like start us at 20 do you think that they do that in the real game well, they just wanted us to use some some weapons like and stuff. armor that are that are worth playing with. Now that being said, I mean they make us play that with the in the first story mission. So, and technically, you're supposed to be a guardian having a history. You're supposed to just be naked, but you have light in you. Right. It makes um, me think that they're gonna do like the Metroid uh, sort of thing, where like Samus is on a new adventure, so she starts with all of her powers, and then the second mission she loses them all. You know, like mm-hmm. the classic reset. Uh, yeah, that kind of makes sense though, because then it gets newcomers kind of familiar with the game, and they're like, "Okay, cool, I feel good," and then it's like, "I'm gonna strip you from it." Okay, now I gotta grind. Right, and I yeah. kind of understand why people like this game. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is which is super cool, right? Because like Destiny One, you never you don't know what's at the end of the tunnel in terms of how yeah. fun that is to play or how strong mm-hmm. you get or whatever. But um, I, I'm gonna I need to rely on you in this one, Yannick, and and steer me in the right direction here. If I, because I, I played the strike, I played the first mission and I went, I, I feel like I really liked this, which, which is not necessarily what I thought I was going to feel. And I need to know because I didn't play it in the beta and I don't really want to play it at all. How much PVP am I going to have to do in Destiny? (sighs) No, but Destiny is always like, you know, Destiny wants to fit to all kinds. And like, I know people, you know, I know people that have enjoyed the game uh, and play with me only playing PvE and people that only play PvP. Oh, okay. Um, so I, you know. so there are people that, because cause I was so worried that I was going to, I think, again, in that sort of early Destiny, you know, the first opening months of the game, there came a point where if I really wanted to be getting the good experience bonuses and stuff, I needed to play PvP. And yeah. that that felt like it was asking me to participate in a part of the game that I really didn't have any desire to participate in. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, the PvP, uh, every time you finish a PvP match, you get a reward. I don't know if that's a beta thing, but... Um, people that only played PvP also didn't feel rewarded enough compared to people playing PvE for the same time that they would spend. Um, so they want to balance that out and make PvP still something that you know people can play exclusively um, and and progress. Um, but the the raids, the strikes, uh, the stories, the patrols, the patrols are gonna have more thing for you to do as well. Uh, they're gonna be completely remastered and everything. So there's they they want to add some more depth into PvE, and I wouldn't be surprised that people can still keep going and. Enjoy Enjoy PVE exclusive. Um, I think I think Bungie is very aware of that, and I've I've always enjoyed being in this world where I can do whatever I want with the same character and use weapons from both worlds. And um, yeah, and, and 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 it feels really good. It's probably the only game where I can you know experience that, and it reminds me. That's why it reminds me of an MMO experience. Um, 
but it's like um yeah for me it's going to be both it's going to be almost 50 50 and depending on the time it's going to be you know 60 40 but um yeah it's it's i think you're going to get away with a lot more pve content and 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 the continuous stream of release of pve content yeah, if you were if you were like me and and people have heard me complain about Destiny plenty of times on this show. If you were like I I think it almost this this demo was helped by the fact that I knew what Destiny was already going in and I had my I guess my story expectations lowered. I didn't think I was getting a Mass Effect or whatever. But one thing that I think you know, going back to that first story mission, it just immediately sets up a very clear story and what I imagine is going to be a clear goal, which is there's a really big, strong guy. Uh, he kicked your ass immediately. And now you're kind of, you were powerless to do anything about it. And so I imagine the entire story of the game, at least the year one content or whatever, is going to be about... I mean, maybe not year when the you know first six months of content or whatever is going to be about like getting strong enough to be able to beat this guy. Yeah, um, definitely. And so that is the type of clarity that I think Destiny needed in terms of like you know before it was the darkness. What are we fighting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And like this guy clearly has an army of uh, people. I always like that. That's such a video game mechanic of new person shows up or new species shows up and they have an army of new bad guys with them. It's just a way to say like uh, we need new enemy types <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? in the game or whatever. But I mean, I think Destiny's doing a lot of smart things. And I have to tell you, as a Destiny skeptic, this this thing really did make me want to play more destiny. And, and if what you said is true and I can mostly avoid PVP, maybe jump in occasionally with you and get my ass kicked and be like, Oh yeah, this is why I don't do this. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> then, uh, then I think I could really enjoy this game. Yeah. I really hope you will. I really hope you will. And, uh, well, my next impression will be when the PC beta comes out, which is August 24th, I believe. And, uh, and, and I'll give a new round of, at least on the graphical, on the on the like visual experience, I'll, yeah. I'll give more feedback. Cool, for sure. All right, Sandy, we're we're coming up against the end of the episode, but we got to talk about Splatoon two. Before we do, I'm gonna very quickly say I played Necromancer uh, in Diablo three. It's very good. Uh, season eleven just started, so if you get a chance, make a seasonal character and start with no resources and anything, and go back and use Necromancer. It's a really great experience to feel like. Um, you're playing, you're kind of experiencing Diablo uh, all over again as if it were a new game, which is really nice. Uh, for I only play like. Diablo for the story. I well, Necromancer's <laughs> got some new story beats, so I guess I guess that would be cool. Um, I do kind of have to like go back and play the game, and I it's one of those things where I really love the Diablo story, and Diablo Two is kind of what That's got so me weird to, the to me. <laughs> It's like my whole thing with with Mathale, I I honestly like Mathale is not a bad guy to me. He's just misunderstood and like broken because he had all this information and he's like, I just need to cleanse the world. Yeah. And I'm like, I see that. I get it. You know what? Actually going. So I hate to go back to the Destiny 2 thing, but one of the things I really liked about uh, the Destiny 2 beta is that I felt 
in my heart that I could play it like I play Diablo, which is I love Diablo, but I don't care about Diablo's story. I just care about running missions and getting gear. And I feel like I could do that more with Destiny 2 because the moment-to-moment of the missions felt really cool. Like, I think there was... They even did a good job of, like, when you had to scan something with your ghost, it lasted, like, three seconds, you know? And just to, like, set the expectation of, like, look, you don't have to sit here all day while he scans. Um, it was Be nice. cool. Yeah, no, uh, I'm like the complete opposite. I'm like, I want the story. What's yeah. Mathail's motivation? And a loot-based shooter. What else is going on here? <laughs> game that's uh, not necessarily my thing. All right. Um, Splatoon 2. Splatoon 2. I love Splatoon. <laughs> I love that game so much. Yeah. Um, are you? Did you I, play a lot of it? What level are you? Well, I'm only like level two. Oh, okay. <laughs> you have to get to level four to get in like cool gear, which yes, I played it. Fresh Saturday gear, night. fresh gear, <laughs> fresh gear, fresh gear. So you can look fresh. Yeah. It's like two o'clock in the morning. I played it. I got beat badly because you have this little like rinketing gun that doesn't do anything, and it says you're still too dry. And I'm like, I just. I just want to get better so I can get the, the roller <laughs> and so I can squish people. Uh-huh. Yeah, the roller is not, game, as good, not as good this time around. I feel like it squishes people way less. Oh, man. That's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, I played it on the tablet with... I did the tutorial with the motion controls on. Uh-huh. And that was weird. Oh, you didn't like it? Yeah, that was like a weird sensation because I kind of... I thought I would like it. But it's not comfortable playing that in bed. And I'm like, this, I get it, but no. And then I turned it off. And then I play, I usually play games with inverted controllers. Okay. But Arya's like, you're all over the place. I don't think you know what you're doing. And I'm like, I need, I just need to get used to the Switch, man. Just leave me alone. I think when I play it with the Pro Controller and the Splatoon version that I got, I think it'll be a lot better and it'll be a lot easier for me to manage. Yeah. I'm excited. I can't wait to play with friends. Um, and that was funny too because. Oh, I Sandy, get it. we have to talk about playing with friends before we go any further. Because <laughs> I. I saw your tweet. <laughs> could not believe. Yannick, you. Maybe you won't be surprised because of all the shit I've talked about <laughs> Nintendo over the, the years. Uh, but, okay. I had literally at one point stopped the game because I was online and I was and Curtis was online and he bought Splatoon and we we both bought it to play with each other. How do you think you play with each other? <laughs> like I don't know, you have probably have to say in a code of 10 uh, <laughs> characters and digits. Yeah. <laughs> a code of 10 characters, an additional 10 digits. You scan your eye, I know. you take a picture. So it's so much worse than that. So what I found is Splatoon <laughs> so has a they have a you can either play you know ranked if you're level 10 or above you can play a normal mode or you can there's an option that literally says friends and you're like okay friends so if curtis is in a match uh, i can join on him then the only thing i can do is wait for his match to finish i can't do anything while this happens i just have to wait three minutes for his match to do you have a spectator mode or something no no i don't get shit i get a menu with a countdown Do you have a score update? Do you have the score? No, I don't get anything. I don't find out who won, who lost. It doesn't give me anything. And then it drops me into the lobby. But there is no way 
to group up with your friends. Still? You cannot group with your friends. All you can do is go into the same lobby as them, and then half the matches Curtis and I played, we were against each other. Mm-hmm. And so Same. I Googled, I went, how, how to play Splatoon with friends. And so this is how you do it. You have to go into private match. Okay. Okay. I'm taking notes. Yeah. People, listeners, <laughs> yeah write write notes. all this down. You have to write go into there. private match. And then you have to uh, have your friends join on you. And you cannot play until you have added eight people. You need to have eight friends, which is every single slot. Exactly. You want to have eight. How often do you have eight friends online on a Nintendo console playing a shooter game? Like, what is going on? It's 2017. Like, Destiny. In in the beta, I was just like any time in the main menu, you can just press right bumper and you see everyone that's online and can just join on them immediately and you're in a team. And Splatoon 2 will not let you be on a team with your friends. And so I yep. said, okay, well, what is the online chat app for? Okay. Do you th- yeah. So I get in, get into that. There's more. Yeah. <laughs> there's more. And so yeah, I'm reading about this, and then the online chat app says there's there's two types of lobbies you can make. You can do the private match, which is you have to have eight friends to play a game, or you can do the online lobby match, which is you still have to have eight friends, but you can then also voice chat. Like it's so. That's the only difference. It is. Yeah. Splatoon 2, as a multiplayer game, is an incredibly fun game. I think I'm level 11 or 12. I'm about, in my last 50 matches, I'm about a 50% win ratio, which is about where I expect to be in something like this. Kind of middle of the pack. Not great. Not horrible. And the fact that I can't, like, Yannick, if I told you to go buy a Switch and buy Splatoon so we can play together, the fact that that is an impossibility... Mm-hmm. is or or is, at least it's so difficult that i just have to hope we end up on the same team it's i'm i've been calling it a nightmare it just feels broken it does not feel like an online game do should. you think it's the do you think it's the switch you want a switch like software that should no, fix that no this is this is nintendo because this was the number one complaint for the first game is that yeah. you couldn't group up and play with friends and what's the point like they want to make this a competitive game. They want to have like they want yeah. in the esports scene. If you want to do that, you have to be able to play scrim. with your yeah. If you have mates. an esports team, you need to be able to play with your team. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the other thing that is, I mean, so many people have talked about this at this point. I feel like not a lot of people got into that, you know, play on a team sort of thing. But one thing that everyone's been talking about is when you start playing. Uh, when you're waiting in these online lobbies, you can't change your weapons. You can't adjust your controller settings. You have to... Yeah, you can't change your loadout. Back all the way out. Yeah, not not just your loadout, too, but, like, I was trying for a while to dial in my sensitivity for my joysticks and my motion controls, and I had to completely quit out.